Hello and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. We are going episode by episode of the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer and using those episodes to talk about life things. Today we'll be talking about episode six of season three, Fan Candy. Let's head into the library. Wow, we've been gone for a while. Yeah. Right? Where were we? Yeah. Where, where were we? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're, well, we're here. That. Well, we're we were right. getting ready for WonderCon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're getting ready for WonderCon. We're getting ready for Weedonopolis. Yes. yes. Um, and we are also pushing our schedule around a little bit to try to get some super awesome people uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a little bit of shifting around. And also life. Yeah. You know, life things. Yeah, life has been strange for... Yeah. Well, life is strange for all. I yeah. also recently played Life is Strange, so that also took up an entire weekend of my time. The song? The <laughs> game. Oh, that's People Are Strange. Wait, Life is Strange is a game? Yeah, you've never heard of that game? No. This is another episode of Grandpa yeah. Chris. Uh, <laughs> is that the sequel to the game of is life? Is this the a, game? a Pac-Man No, game? It's, <laughs> a, it's a game. I feel like this game was really popular like a year ago, and yeah. I'm just hopping on the bandwagon because I know one of the people who Ashley was... Ashley Johnson, right? Birch. Oh, oh of course. Uh, other Johnson's Ashley. Johnson's in it, isn't she? No, she's not. What am not. I thinking she's of? She's in uh, Last of Us. Last, damn it. You're that right. other Ashley we know that's a voice actress. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Man. God, guys. Let's just drop some more names. Actually, I know three um, Ashleys that are voice well, actors. Oh, yeah, Ashley Robinson. Yeah. Who's been on the podcast. Hold for plane. You don't have to hold for <laughs> plane. We'll just accept that that's part yeah. of our environment. Exactly. The um, library is under the, well, what we call the Sunnydale Airport flight plan but mm-hmm. really it's the santa barbara airport it's the well it's technically the galita airport but mm-hmm. it's you know obviously we're not going to call it the galita airport uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> I know, you go, guys know it i wasn't going you go to past galita that. beach you go down 217 that's how you get there yeah. you can also take the 24x i think if you want to get there up I'm, to you sure i will i'll do anything <laughs> as long as i can get to galita but we're back we're back yes we're back we're back uh, we are excited to have, to, to continue season three because it's so great. Oh, yeah. Today's just us, but we kind of wanted to be selfish and talk about this episode because it's one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good one. It's probably top 15 ever, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's extreme. Of ever? Of anything? Of the comedy, of the purely comedy episodes, it is definitely in the top 10. Of the lighthearted? Yeah. And of all episodes, top 15? Um, uh, maybe top 25. Okay. Oh. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great ones. Yeah. Okay. And, and in terms of Jane and Spence in episodes, top ten. Great. Yeah. Let's talk about that in a second, because <laughs> I'm starting to, I'm just checking, I'm, twi- I'm checking our Twitter feed, I'm checking our Twitch feed, and it's looking like, I'm just kidding, by the way, I feel like that's going to come up. We don't have, we don't do this on Twitch. Because it's not gaming related, except for what you talked about, Holland. But, yeah, I, I was just bringing it, I was just trying to, like, banter uh but it went south because when you try and banter oh. about something that no one else knows about it just tanks um, <laughs> it's just bant uh it's just bant but twitch uh twitch doesn't necessarily have to be gaming related now you can do creative oh so twitch maybe creative. we will have a twitch stream but i don't know if creative you have to be teaching people something we're teaching people teaching, yeah we're teaching so them what to like, like about creative. buffy episodes yeah yeah I mean, so, yeah, you know what? Technically, this would be creative. This is a conversation for... If people can major in film (laughs) studies, we're technically teachers. That's how I Mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. That's true. I did, yeah. My school had weeding classes. God, your school sounds so good. I didn't get to take the weeding class, though, because it didn't work in my schedule. This is Emerson, right? Yeah. I didn't get to take the freaking weeding class. I want that class. Yeah, I wanted it too, man. Well, now we're teaching it. So <laughs> let's say you were too busy collecting your Jimi Hendrix vinyls, or you had an assignment and you had to go sell a bunch of candy. That's totally fine because Chris Bermonte is going to catch you up on this week's episode in five bite-sized sentences. It actually works this week. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, take it away. To raise money for the school band... Uniforms, Snyder has tasked all children with selling chocolate to their parents, who happily buy up that chocolate and eat it all. One. <laughs> Little did they know that that chocolate was fused with a magical formula created by chaos-obsessive Ethan Rain, who is back into town under the hire of Mr. Trick and the mayor, who wants to create chaos so that they can gather an offering 
for a snake demon in a sewer that the mayor owes a tribute of babies to because of what he did to get to where he is today. Two. Buffy and the gang become aware that their parents are all starting to act like teenagers, specifically while Joyce and Giles are specifically blowing off their responsibilities and gallivanting around town and making out on police cars and doing all sorts of havoc while all of the adults seem to just be going manic wild young child crazy and things are out of control. Three? Three? Three. Um, Buffy discovers that it's Ethan Rain and goes to the chocolate factory where he's at and is very quick to overpower him as she tends to do when she actually faces Ethan Rain and he leads them to understand where the mayor is going to be and they go down to the sewer where this uh, where this collection of Mr. Trick's vampires have collected babies to offer to this giant snake demon. Four. Buffy burns the snake demon presumably to death with the mayor escaping before she can see him because he doesn't want her to know who she is. And uh, everybody starts to become normal again and the babies are saved and Giles and Joyce have an awkward little tension moment before, boom, they walk away from each other. Five. (laughs) (laughs) And boom, they walk away from each other. (laughs) Cool, that's it. That was the episode, right? Great. That was it. It was. That's what happened. This is Jane Espenson's first episode. Yeah. Um, Jane Espenson is one of my favorite TV writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite writers in general. She just has such a great handle on like timing and pacing and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about this later, but she came to like a little like screenwriting panel. I say little because usually like if Jane Espenson's speaking at something, it's going to be like hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. But luckily it was like, I don't know, maybe 15 of us. And we got to just like hang out with her for two hours and ask her questions and stuff. That's amazing. And it was great. She totally talked about how she got into Buffy. I Am Jane was the episode that got her in. And she wrote like a spec oh, episode. Oh, I Robot You Jane? I Robot You Jane. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was like, and she just said, I Am Jane. And she was in... She's, I abbreviate. I didn't want to go through the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't want to say the real title. No, no, no. It takes a long time. Uh, is that an tar- episode of Tarzan? The, the well, TV show? She is Jane, though. That so, is true. I mean, oh, I didn't, think, I didn't think of that. Did you not? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I just got sassed really hard by Holland. Did you like, not? Did you realize your name was Jane? <laughs> it's like a Chandler <laughs> moment. <laughs> we can top load the episode with the Jane Spenson. Okay, stuff. great. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And it lets us know that it's like, yeah, this something for people to associate band candy with is this is Jane Spenson, who becomes one of the most influential writers over the course of all three of Joss Whedon's series. Yeah. She wasn't an angel or firefly as much, but she made her mark strong yeah. in both of them. Uh, and uh, and she's gone on to write for Game of Thrones, and she writes Once Upon a, Once time. Upon a time. She wrote on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, she's amazing. She so. has like episodes on everything. Yeah, it's nuts. Battlestar. She's yeah, Battlestar. Right? Yeah. No, oh, she's incredible. She's on yeah. super active and supportive on Twitter. Warehouse Thirteen. Warehouse Thirteen was one of hers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Man. You know how she does like these writing sprints? They're great. On yeah, she's like she. It's just so. There's such a great personable energy and in terms of like the Buffy writers and what they've done after Buffy like besides specifically Joss I would say she is to me my absolute favorite of the Whedon alum yeah yeah Yeah. well everyone's doing crazy stuff now like well all the like half the guys are doing Daredevil Marty Noxon's got like she's just knocking out movies well and then they just announced that she has a new uh, HBO series Uh, yeah it's uh, one of the Gillian Flynn novels I think Sharp Objects Um, and she also did Unreal um, TV Mm -hmm. which is like the it's the show that's about reality shows oh cool Mm -hmm. it's like a fictional show about reality television Ooh, um, that's super good yeah which I just because I was reading an article the other day and I was like what I was like ah oh. I, I, <laughs> I don't know but yeah I feel like all these people from Buffy are they're like every not everything that's on now but a majority of the good TV that is on now it's coming out because of these yeah, guys it's, is, yeah it's Buffy people mm-hmm. yeah Tim yeah. Minier is off doing like every horror show that's on TV right mm-hmm. now yeah 
Yeah, the uh, one time at a Nerd Melt writers panel, uh, Doug Petrie, who wrote the episode that follows this episode, uh, who is also a great Buffy alum. And doing a lot of Daredevil. And he's on yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. running Daredevil. Doug Petrie said that in the the world of TV writers, when you tell someone that you worked on the Buffy staff, it's like telling someone you graduated from Hogwarts. <laughs> and I just love that. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, so Jane came off of comedy. She was writing comedy. She worked on um, Roseanne, right, with no, Joss for a little bit. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, worked on Dinosaurs for a touch. Oh and God. then was doing getting her main writing chops uh, Ellen. on Ellen, and she said the she can't do comedy after that, which is untrue because she wanted to do Husbands. But in terms of uh-huh. working for a half hour TV, yeah. because what they did is they uh, identified all the jokes that didn't quite work and sent all the writers off, and they're like, just come up with a bunch of alternatives. And then so that's how they like wrote the comedy is like they would go off, come up with a bunch of jokes, and come back. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then and I feel like those shows, like all those shows, like right, like Roseanne, Dinosaurs, Ellen are all these comedies that dealt with huge issues. Mm-hmm. And you can just see that Buffy's a longer version of it, where you mm-hmm. just get two more acts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's such a cool structure. Like, I feel like so many shows are so serious. Like, if it's going to be an hour long, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I enjoy a good True Detective, but it's yeah. also just like an hour of just serious seriousness. Yeah, totally. And I think one thing that those who are very into Buffy realize, but those who are not, don't get until they've seen it, is it's extremely extremely strong comedically and yeah not just like oh so every now and then it's a it's a drama show that's funny it's like no it's high class top of the line comedy yeah yeah and this is an episode that does that mm-hmm. and it's also it's like you got Jana spenson coming in from ellen you've got joss who worked on roseanne you've got dave fury who's coming in off of pinky in the brain yeah <laughs> so it's like all these weird like all these imaginations that are coming from all these interesting different places that are creating this very cool world of these beautiful yeah. attractive young people having like an epic adventure yeah. together it's just it's so like quick and like witty mm-hmm. and it's just these it's like these one-liners that oh it's it's so good it's really this episode too because it's so kind of like it's like meta but mm-hmm. and it's that weird sense of humor that uh and it like ages super well too, because mm-hmm. it's like oh this show it's like because like one part of you is like oh this is such a '90s show, but it's also like all of these jokes are still relevant mm-hmm. at yeah. the same time. So I don't like I don't know how you can really do that, like have something be so reminiscent of an era. But I'll, maybe it's because we've just gone back into the '90s now because they're like oh 2010s what are we we're just the '90s again. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, we wish, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the '90s totally. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know the Muppets movie is supposed to be called Muppets Again, and that's why in the beginning the the opening song is "We Get to Do It All Again." What? Because it was supposed to be there. It's the Muppets again, uh, but instead they changed it to Muppets Most Wanted because they thought audiences would get confused. <laughs> I never saw the second Muppet movie. <laughs> I didn't yeah. either. Kind of I'm just realizing like that the, well, like the second it. new one, I guess. I'm realizing Muppets Most Wanted, right? Yeah, I never yeah. saw that. Yeah, I'm most wanted to. Not see it. No, that's not true. I love the Muppets. I love the Muppets. I'm sorry, the Muppets. That might be part of the reason why I didn't see it, because I heard bad things. Yeah, totally. But, um... Mumbling, sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) The, um... But this episode... Yeah, so let's... Speaking of 90s, what I like about these episodes as well, though, is what I adore about how 90s it is, is that it really makes you appreciate that we even lived through what feels like now a past era. Like, I know I've brought this up before in the, in the podcast, mm-hmm. but it's like every, if, if there were, if there was texting or calling at this time, this would be a completely different situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much a period piece. I mean, made at the time, so maybe it's not. No. That's like when you like, look back on it, it's like, this was an era in not just, this was a, this was a historical period. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. And it's also funny because it's such an old trope of storytelling um, to have an entire town go mad, mm-hmm. right? Something they've eaten has driven them crazy. Like a lot of like werewolf stories usually relate back to just like bad wheat that had a hallucinogenic in it or something. Hmm. I learned oh, yeah, that's, a lot. That's what like uh, like the Crucible and like all a lot of like witch hunt stuff like that, um, or just. I mean, the Salem Witch Trials, the the real thing that happened uh, that all of these uh, pieces are based off of. But it's, yeah, they think it, there are many theories, but they think it was like ear got poisoning. Yeah. And the wheat, which is basically like everyone was tripping balls 
uh, on LSD. Did you learn that from Truth or Scare? No, I learned it the in show hosted history by Don? class in high oh, school. Oh, you went to school? Whoa. Wait, so people were all just hallucinating and killing each other? Uh, no, well, they think the That's reason why, one of the theories is that it was basically like mold, like it was mold on the wheat that thus was like cooked into bread and stuff and mold, like LSD comes from mold. Yeah. Um, Which is why you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Right. Um, well, actually, no, not, not, not LSD. LSD was actually created in San Francisco on Hate in Street. a lab as a truth serum. Really? But it's, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Mixing up my facts. LSD was created as a truth serum, but it does, and correct me if I'm wrong, it is formed from mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, like, like ergot, like ergot poisoning is basically like mold in the grandfather. Uh, yeah. And that's what you can, and it causes you to hallucinate. That's something when a lot of people get uppity about science, they're just like, F yeah, science, science is the best. I like to remind people science made a lot of drugs. Yeah. Science made a lot of drugs. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Some people are a little dogmatic about science. You might even <laughs> say, don't you think? You could, but I, wow. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Western medicine is based off of, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't so much of our foundation of Western medicine based off of experiments that the Nazis did and that, that people then adopted? Because the Nazis did these horrific experiments. Yeah, I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, I think it it had a major influence, like like the Nuremberg experiments and stuff like that. Like, like they were like drowning people and seeing yeah, how there long were it took things, but doing like like. The way they looked into people's brains and stuff. I feel like that dates back to like Da Vinci. I feel like our understanding of anatomy is pre nineteen forties. Right, but there are other right? there are other things that like there were things like Tuskegee experiment and stuff like that, right? Like I feel like everyone's been doing inhumane experiments, right. but I feel like our understanding of medicine dates back before that, right? Like penicillin wasn't like a Nazi thing. No, I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> I, known more before I said that. I think that a lot. No, weird. I think a lot of the stuff that the Nazi doctors were doing were based off of prior knowledge that we already had. They were just doing it at an accelerated pace without any sort of concern. Like also, for they were like life. wrong, right? Like, it's basically like, like that. Like think no, of, of like, course, they're, think they're, of like scientists in a lab with rats and all the stuff that they will do to right. like rats, but pretend that they. Uh, instead of rats, uh, they're using humans right. uh, because they think of them as rats. And but that's yeah, what that is. but yeah. like I also, don't... like if you're a exactly. scientist, this is just I have long rants about the Nazis because I think we people give them too much credit for being competent when really they were just insane. Yeah, because they thought yeah. that Jewish people were making them not psychic. Well, they thought that they were psychic and that the Jewish population was preventing them from being psychic. Like they were insane. Like yeah. they weren't like this Uber army. This they weren't like this Nietzschean dream that like everyone thinks. Which is mostly because like Nietzsche's sister sold like a bunch of his essays to them, and she shook hands with them in pictures and stuff. But <laughs> like they were just nuts. They were just crazy people who believed this like Russian woman from Tibet who was like, "I read this book in Tibet. No one can see it. It's in a cave somewhere. But it says that white people can re- read minds, and the Tibetans told me about this, and it's because of the Jewish population that we can't read minds. So we should probably do something about that." Yikes. Like that's what led to it. Was like this like was imagine if someone was like we need to bring Booster Gold back from the future and you're like the DC character Booster Gold and they formed an army because they really wanted to bring Booster Gold back from the future. That person would be nuts. <laughs> they would. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, but you would just make a big point. What everything they did was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean it it also runs into that lar- larger ar- larger argument of uh, seemingly good things being used for evil. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just like, just thinking of war in general, you have people like Einstein who, uh, uh, I'm going to say the wrong thing because you I say, did you mean Einstein. Oppenheimer? Did you say uh, Einstein? Uh, Einstein. <laughs> you did say Einstein. First of all, I said Einstein. She puts the I in Einstein. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, I, no, Einstein. I, you're right. We just, I, just, I call him Einstein. Einstein. What Einstein. I, what am I saying? You're kind of, you're kind of making it too simple. Like E is really important to you. <laughs> you're saying Einstein. No. Einstein. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like the German pronunciation that you're giving. It's I've been always Einstein? said Albert Einstein. Einstein. Wow. 
<laughs> I mean, you're probably right. Anyway, uh, but no, no, no. Einstein <laughs> and also Oppenheimer, because yes, Oppenheimer creating the atomic, the atomic bomb. bomb, but Einstein also had. Uh, maybe it wasn't a the atomic the bomb, but he also he also had something to do with that thing that yeah. happened history that I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like these scientists who were like, oh, uh, I'm going to do this incredible thing like for the world, and then you create something and you see it being used in a negative way that you never wanted to be used for, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh crap. So and then it, I guess like the reverse of that is maybe people are doing horrible tests on... I don't even, like, I don't know what exactly came out of the Nazi experiments. Uh, that was good. It, it's possible that there were... I wasn't saying Some that good things, but were. they were doing <laughs> insane things, but it's... Uh, sometimes good comes from we evil. We should look into some, that, though. Sometimes yeah. good comes from evil, and sometimes evil comes from good. And yeah. that's, that's the way the world works, unfortunately. That's, that's great. What a Buffy philosophy. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes Thanks, evil guys. is just evil. Sometimes and... it's just chaos, like Ethan Rain. Yeah. yeah. And what I like about this episode too is that <laughs> Trick isn't Trick and the Mayor are an awesome pair. Yeah. In the sense that Trick is obsessed with capitalist industry and the mayor is a corrupt politician. Yeah. And it sort of makes everything that we've seen up to this point, if anyone's like, Why is Sunnydale able to be like this? What about the police? It's like well, the city is run by Mayor Wilkins. And it's all, that, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Like, people are just like, why don't we care about the death rates? Because that would go all the way to the top, and, and the Mayor guy Wilkins is the one like, running it. Exactly. Yeah. He tells the press, cover it up. This is something that he is fully in control of. And what I thought was interesting, too, about... It's almost like um, Larconis, the demon, is like a special interest group, kind of. Because <laughs> he needs to, like, pay off. He, he's, he's talking about making his campaign promises. That's yeah. like his yeah. first scene where he's looking yeah. at that creepy thing. And in our world, obviously, that's, you know, maybe corporate interests getting what they want out of policy. And in this world, it's every 30 years, the mayor is going to feed babies to a giant snake yeah. demon. Yeah. Do you guys think that Bernie Sanders is going to have to, like, answer to the bird lobbyists <laughs> when uh, he becomes president after that strong endorsement in Portland? Uh, you think that the birds are going to swoop in and be like, we demand... Where's our cut? Uh, chirp, chirp. No, I think that the birds will be pretty chill about it. Okay. Birds seem pretty chill outside of the bird universe, you know? Yeah. Inside the birdverse, like hawks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Once you step out of the birdverse, looking in on it and just letting that system run itself, yeah. I feel pretty fine about birds. Yeah. Like, Alfred Hitchcock, the birds, never got to me. <laughs> Because it just seemed like such an outside bird activity, you know? Yeah, I mean, It seemed like such a human propaganda machine against birds. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the birds are going to let the birds have a few, you know? Like, if you made, if the birds were making, (laughs) if the birds were making movies in their own world about what we do to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean. Oh, but they'd be right. Yeah, they'd be right. But we, we, we instead eat them. Yeah. And hit yeah. them with cars Daily. and it's the mummy it's the mummy effect. Where we were going in, we were destroying civilizations, right? I say this as like I was like a British imperialist. But my parents are British. So yeah. Mm. So my people were going in, breaking into temples, right? Mm. Taking out gems and stuff like that and felt really guilty about it. How did that like manifest itself? Was it stopping mm. going into like the Taj Mahal and stealing stuff? No. It was making stories about mummies coming to life and attacking people as if that was the problem. Yeah. yeah. Not us going in and taking things. You know what? The, I know this is a ridiculous conversation, but that's actually a really good point about the birds. I do genuinely think like, that's a, like when they make villains in movies, it's always like it's either referencing a larger fear or it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do not doubt that there's. Uh, propaganda against birds after that movie. I wonder what the human bird relationship was prior as opposed to now. I know a lot of people yeah. that are terrified of birds because of that movie. Okay, uh, I know, the, not to bring it back to my Nazi rant, but that just sparked something in my head and oh I really God. want to get off no. my chest. <laughs> no, don't, I don't want this to go where I feel like it might go. Where do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to go fine. I was going to go, I was going to talk about The Lion King. What did oh, you think I was going to talk you about? You said Nazis, yeah. so... Well, that's kind of Nazi-ish. So, okay, the way that we paint, like, Nazis and, like, Hitler, like, uh, you know, parallels and stuff like that in movies is, like, yeah. Scar, right? When he's oh, got, like, his, oh, like, hyena I, army. No, and the blue step, right? right? But, like, that's not an accurate representation of Hitler because Scar has a plan. Scar has a pretty, like, cons- well, Scar is just a character out of Hamlet. 
So it's a Shakespeare villain who's really well thought out, has pretty good reasoning, has pretty good motivation. It would be as if like Zazu out of nowhere was convinced he was a lion and that lions were like the supreme beings and then wanted to kill everything that weren't lions. And everyone's like, Zazu, what the hell are you doing? You're not a lion. And Zazu somehow got this hyena army together. <laughs> and like that movie, if you pitch that movie to Disney, they would be like, this Wait, movie's is... stupid. Wait, what? What is this? That's thing? a Hitler parallel. If Zazu oh, was Zazu. like, lions are oh. the supreme oh, beings, okay. let's all rise up, right? Because we're all lions. And someone should, just... and then someone would be like, no, Zazu, you're a bird. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's how it is. Uh, Where and then, okay. but like and also if Zazu had nothing to do with anything, like if you know what, not even Zazu. Let's just say a random. What's a random character you'd find in Africa? Like a random animal. Uh, the uh, lion. <laughs> Let's go with zebra. Okay. <laughs> like a zebra that's not even in the movie, because we all love Zazu. So that's an inappropriate thing. Just some zebra out there was just like, "Let's all us lions rise up," and yeah. that would be to me a more accurate description. Whereas every time I feel like people are like, that's like a Hitler character. It's like, no, because that character has a very clear motivation mm-hmm. and a very clear understanding. Whereas like, Hitler was just insane. He wanted to be psychic. Yeah. I feel like this doesn't come up enough. <laughs> Hitler wanted no, to be psychic. No, that's a, yeah, no, I didn't really. don't bring up the Hitler's psychic desires as really regularly as you'd hope. Uh-huh. Last podcast on the left. Oh. Last podcast on the left. That's nice. where I learned it. Nice. Oh. Good to know. This episode's so, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to the episode. So, um, How do you guys feel about teenage... Giles and Joyce. Oh my god. Uh, love it so I love much. Them so much. Oh my god, they're so cute. <sighs> yeah. I like cuz also like oh my god, like Ripper is so attractive. I'm like like it's weird because I don't necessarily think of myself as being like that attracted to Giles. I'm like, okay, like in like a sexy librarian way. Like I get it. Like he has that like dad thing. But once he's Ripper, I'm just like, oh my God. Everything you <laughs> said that was, yeah, I got it. Dad? Was not the most, like, oh, it requires explanation. Like I'll believe it. But you were just like, you know, it's like that typical sexy librarian thing. It's like, I mean, yeah, I, the, the, the there tweet, were two I typicals guess. that I wasn't aware of: the sexy <laughs> librarian and then that dad thing. Yeah. The sexy male librarian. <laughs> so the dad figure, the the the, the dad figure the is dad a sexy thing. thing. Yeah, like the like dad. <laughs> so baby, now we got dad. <laughs> no, but uh, um, but yeah, so I don't. Um, so no, like I know people that are attracted to Giles, but it's like Ripper is like. He's, he's such a badass. What is yeah. it? What's the difference between Giles and Band Candy Giles? I guess it's you. like the the accent comes mm-hmm. out. He's got like a working. He class like doesn't accent. give a his shit. Cockney. He has mm-hmm. his like flannel. He's just like super like it's the freaking bad boy thing that I wish I had no effect over me, but it has. It's just. It does. It. It yeah. Does. It has a, it's, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, like it's it very, does. Very. Yeah. Strong. Yep. Has anyone tried to be a bad boy? To impress you, like wasn't just like you met the person and you're like, oh, uh, like no. I think when people try and imp- impress me, they are very nice to me, and obviously it has the opposite effect because I'm so not for it. And then I'm just, yeah. I don't. I don't know if maybe I don't make this clear enough. So like, hey, world. <laughs> I don't know, but no. People have like when people have tried to impress me, they they've always tried to impress me by uh, being really nice, uh, which is. Yeah, I impressed by. I mean. <laughs> be nice to Holland. Be mean to Holland. Uh, it sounds really terrible. It sounds it's so terrible because it's such this stupid it has thing. To be, it's where it's something like, else though. Girls right? don't like nice guys. Mm-hmm. Girls only like bad guys. Which like, I'm trying to think the best way to explain it. Um, People don't like wieners. Well, it, right? it's. I don't even think it's a nice thing. I think it's. It is like an overbearing thing. It's like when guys act very nice and do things for you and, expect and they expect that to be like they expect you to think that is like the best thing they can mm-hmm. do like oh like because like opening doors like fine like general like nice things like that's fine but it's like Being when decent. you make it yeah but yeah. if you make it a point to like oh be like super coddle like and there's probably people like that but people who are like super coddling and do like literally everything for you and almost treat you like you are incapable of kind oh of like, yeah yeah like if it's like uh, and it sounds bad, but it's like it's like if you overbearing. It is. It's it overbearing. I, like overbearing is probably the best way to describe it. But I feel like a lot of guys will try to be overbearing because they think that is going to be impressive because they're like, oh, look at all these things I'm doing for you, instead of like acknowledging you like 
like you are a human being that is capable yeah. of like, doing things for yourself. Um, and I, I think that's where the whole nice guy versus bad guy thing comes from. Because also, I mean, it's not if, if a guy is just going to like ignore you and like shut a door in your face and like or like hit you or something like that's not cute. That's yeah. also like super unattractive. It's not like I'm. It's not like just like strictly attracted to assholes but there's there's something about i think it's it's a confidence thing without being cocky because being cocky is also obnoxious i think it is just like a it's like a not giving a shit like that not giving a shit yeah. persona is cool but like if but yeah here's what i'm picking like, up from you and i'm gonna say this and tell me if i'm wrong I'm tell me if i'm wrong i mean that's how i think <laughs> everyone should be clear. yeah i you're young helpful. stay confused yeah people who seem to have it figured out at the age of like 25 i'm just like i'm taking you to court because you're wrong you're gonna take, and I take them to court, court and i always lose <laughs> i always lose you take them to small claims court i know i go big baby <laughs> the supreme court yeah yeah i go supreme court wow god yeah uh yeah the and conversations Scal- i have with Scalia Scalia. always voted against you but, he did he did but now he's gone rest so. in yeah, peace rest in peace is i say that out of <laughs> What? Anyhow, um, no, Holland, I find that very helpful. Disturbing. Uh, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it where? Like, I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna phrase it and tell me if I'm okay. totally off the mark. Here. No, go for it. To me, it sounds like, uh, in, like it. It gets looped into like nice guy versus like jerk guy a yeah. lot, but it's more of like guy who needs you to complete their sense of identity versus guy who seems complimentary to you but doesn't need you to complete their sense of identity. Yes. It's like, it's, Boom, baby. No, wow. it, it, no, no, that was really well done. It's basically, it's like, and it's like kind of like a 500 days of summer thing. Yeah. Where it's like, if, if you, and that's how I, I judge people by like how they reacted to seeing 500 days of summer. And like, sometimes people will be like, okay, well I was at a bad place in my life and I was like, summer's a bitch, but I realized that that's not true. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Great. You have grown as a human. But it's like, if you come out of that movie being like summer is a bitch, she didn't do like, this is what he thought she was going to be and she wasn't like that. That is the main issue that I have with guys and I think a lot of guys have where they need you or they see you as this thing and that is the thing that you are to them. They, you already belong yeah. in their life yeah. to them. And it's like yeah. a completion thing versus like a we are two separate people. And if you're living your just, life, you're taking something yeah. away from them, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you should be, you should both be on your own. Like maybe your paths are similar, but you should have your own separate identities. Yeah. Like you should never define yourself by like the person you're with. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, and people do that, obviously. I, I think oh, it's unhealthy, yeah. but like, People do that, but yeah. like, and that's why, and I also, and I think that's, it's also why I think it's hard, like, like modern dating is hard because I think a lot of people, like if you like talk to people's parents or like you hear stories about people getting together, it was a lot of like people being young and like in love or maybe just out of like convenience mm-hmm. kind of thing. The war and ended. It isn't necessarily, yeah. And it, it was, and it was a lot of it was like, <laughs> oh, so the man's at work, the mom stays home, take care of the kids, like stuff like that. Like, yeah. It's, you know, it, and it's, it, and again, that's not always the case and sometimes it works for people, but I think now we live in a day and age where everyone is just like, people are just really independent, which mm-hmm. is important, but it's so much harder to kind of like find a successful um, relationship and figure that out if you are kind of like a healthy, independent person mm-hmm. trying to find another like healthy, independent person so you guys can like go on your own path and also, I guess, just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, okay, like a, a planet needs to be like a complete sphere, unless it's like some weird one in Star Wars. But like a real planet needs to be like a complete sphere, right? Mm. And there could be like planets that are like close and that like keep each other in like a gravitational balance and stuff like that. Mm. But I feel like the way that people think of it is like I'm half a planet until I find another half a planet. Uh, yeah, right? it's, it's the or whole concept a whole planet of like, and I rip off half of yeah, you. Yeah, it's the concept of like soulmates and like mm. literally finding like your other half. I'm not complete until, oh, it's a yeah. stupid. Oh, sorry, you, that's it's, judgmental. And it's, but. No, 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 but it's like super and it's really romanticized and stuff. And but because it comes from that Greek notion that like men yeah. and women used to be the same the being. One. Yeah. yeah. It's and like headway. And the angry inch, yeah. Like that's yep. the which yeah, I, love I love yeah, Hedwig. I love Hedwig, but that's something that they talk about in that. That was a Plato stuff. bit, wasn't it? The idea. Yeah. Plato was cray cray. You know that Plato talked about Atlantis and said it was pretty oh, much that, South America. He was the biggest early proponent of Atlantis being something to yeah. pay attention to. He loved uh, underrated Disney films. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Look, Joss Whedon wrote the story on yeah. this thing." Yeah. He always brings up and oh god, and then. Have you guys ever hung out with Plato when he's playing the the Goofy movie soundtrack on vinyl? He got it. 
He shelled out 25 bucks at WonderCon. He got it. I was just watching that this week. Goofy movie? Yeah. So good. It still makes me cry. What's your favorite song for the soundtrack? Um, Eye to Eye. CNN. Sure. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think... Uh, um, it's probably just stand up. I like. I am not. Stand I'm up. not as familiar with that soundtrack as I should be. I'm just gonna go with after today. After today. After today. It's his want song. Oh yeah, yeah. Maxis. No more burn of the week. No more goof of the week like before. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a goofy movie podcast. After today, I'm done. After today, I'll be mine. I like Eye to Eye because it's like the most. Uh, like summer, like there's like something about summer sparks, like summer relationships. Mm-hmm. You know that, the like, one I like the, the Justin Timberlake like effect. As I, I like call the it. the one where they're driving the open road one because I think I just like that sequence. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. That's my favorite Super one. good. And I, I don't. Thanks, Blu- Blu- <laughs> Thanks Pluto. Thanks Pluto. That tied all the way in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of Giles, Giles and Joy, yeah. Giles and Joy. <laughs> Giles, they're great. They're great. They are great. And it's like they, the thing that's also interesting about this episode, that's really kind of sad, is it's like Giles and Joyce maybe could in some form have worked together. They would have in a previous life. And And by previous life, I mean earlier in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And they were working together in this one because it's like this is the first time that we're seeing them have to kind of coordinate Buffy. It's like, okay, we're in a rhythm. Studying slaying Mm -hmm. and then of course we should note that she's secretly sneaking in on angel who probably wasn't actually doing tai chi until he could smell her coming along and then just like started yeah oh sorry buffy it's tai chi later in life she youtubes tai chi that was not tai chi (laughs) (laughs) it's weirdly calming to watch him do tai chi in this like weird way you're like what is happening they should sell david boreana's tai chi tapes from that yeah but also like the one thing i took out of that was like if he did some sort of exercise video man right would that make all of the money Mm because i used to buy all those exercise tapes you did i bought like this one because i was like i remember uh i bought like a budokan one budok i don't even remember what budokan was i think it was like half yoga (laughs) half karate or something it was one of those weird like trendy match and i did it because i think courtney cox did it and i was like i'm gonna order this dvd and so i did i like got this budokan dvd and that was like my thing mm-hmm. that i did um i have a way but like i was so dvd that i bought what's that don't be mad at me carmen electra striptease aerobics and i've done them before with along with her because i'm like i like carmen electra along and with she's her like, was she there well, she's doing it. She's I'm, like wait, doing wait, these moves. Strip Carmen Electra's strip tease workout video. <laughs> she's not stripping. That, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> like whatever. I however, loved someone Carmen wants Electra. to make money, and however someone wants to consume media as an American, I'm hands off on it. As long as no one's getting hurt, I think everything's kosher. What's the workout? There's a lot of hip like stuff. Like unbuttoning? Like no, what? no, it's more so self gyration. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was very specifically enamored with she was Carmen Electra was my like young boy crush, like the singular one. Interesting. Like my like I named my guitar Carmen Electric. Also interesting. It. Yeah. <laughs> I still call my guitar Carmen. Okay. Yeah. Not off the opera. Off no, of Carmen no. Electra. After Carmen Electra, star of the the replacement actress. Of Baywatch. Who was your first like massive crush pang? Holland. Um. Striptease work. I. <laughs> I think I definitely had one before David Duchovny. David Duchovny was obviously a big one that continues. Um, might have been Eric Smanda from CSI, the one who played Greg. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The lab tech in uh, Crime Scene Investigation, Eric Smanda. Um, that was probably, yeah. Cause I remember, cause that's how I ended up getting into Marilyn Manson. Cause he was in, uh, he's in a Marilyn Manson music video. And then I was like, I've heard of Marilyn Manson. And then I got really into Marilyn Manson because of Eric Samanda. You, you crushed on Marilyn Manson? I've, I've never like, I don't know if I've like crushed, crushed on Marilyn Manson. I'm more just like really like his music. Okay. Um, interesting. But I think that's how that started. Cool. Great. Yeah. And interesting. You, and you, Omar? Mine would probably be the first that I can recall, and I'm sure there were several others, like probably like, you know, 
Pink Ranger and stuff like that. Yeah. So probably Pink Ranger. Okay. But the first one I can like really cognitively remember okay. was Hilary Duff, and I was like, one day I'm gonna meet this girl, and I did. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, but then I couldn't talk to her. Uh, I was too nervous. I met. I met. Not. I did not meet. I saw her walking across the street in New York once, and my friend Kaylee McGee, whether she admits it or not, has been very obsessed with Hillary, Hillary Duff in her life, and uh, saw Hillary Duff, and she goes, oh my god, there's Hillary Duff. And so I just yell, Duff! And she turns, and I just put up a fist in the air. What did she do? She nodded and kept on. That's great! That's a great reaction. I mean, I was a college kid. I wouldn't do that today. Yeah. But in the moment, I was like, you're young, you're in New York, you see Hillary Duff. Scream, Why not? You scream yeah. Duff. Yeah. I met Christy Carlson Romano probably like, I guess it was wow. like two years ago now. Um, and I couldn't oh, I remember even, you meeting yeah, her. I couldn't even do anything. It was like one of those things where I was like, I should be able to handle this situation, but she just like looks exactly the same, mm-hmm. but has glasses. Yeah. Didn't uh, you say like you just like went up and silently shook her hand or something? Yeah, because we, it was, <laughs> I was, weird. I was, no, because I was at a, com- I was at a convention. <laughs> like a politician? I was at a convention and I was like, oh, okay, so she's at this table. And then I noticed she was leaving and then I was like, oh no, she's leaving. Like I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cause I, what I was trying to do is she was on like a voice actor pa- panel because of Kim Possible, obviously. Mm. Oh. Um, and I Love knew it. other voice actors. Like, I know Leah Savoli because she does Robot Chicken and Tom Whalen who does, like, Pokemon stuff and, like, I think Yu-Gi-Oh. So I knew them from just going to uh, conventions and, like, Billy West and stuff like that. And I... Because they were all on the same panel and so they were going to try and, like, introduce me because I was like, oh, man, like, I really want to meet her because, mm-hmm. like, you guys are great. And But I feel like I've talked to you guys a few times. You're like, oh, yeah, just go after her. Just do this. She's doing this thing and the other thing. Um, so I wanted it to be, like, a more formal thing. Yeah. Uh, but then she was leaving and I panicked. So I just went up to her and I was like, I just want to say hi. And, like, I shook her hand, I think. And then I, like, didn't tell her what my name was. And it just, like, I just panicked. It was freaking Christy Carlson Romano. I think you nailed it. And I it. just, uh, I did not That's nail good. it at all. I mean, she was getting summoned. She had to go fight Dr. Doofenshmirtz. But it wasn't, she was just kind of like leaving because it was like, she was at this convention, but it was so kind of like, <laughs> it, was just, it was just weird because I just feel like people didn't like, I don't know. I don't know. It was just like blowing my mind because it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like something you just like always watch on TV and was such like a big part mm-hmm. of all the stuff you watch yeah. on television. Mm-hmm. It's just like there. Yeah. And then they're leaving and you just have to say something. Yeah, uh, totally. Totally panicked. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah. What's up? There is a thing that I wanted to bring up, but if this is related. Oh, I used to live uh, next to um, the dad from Lisa McGuire. And I bump into him oh, when he's what? walking his dog. Yeah, so yeah. you are basically slowly working yourself into the Lizzie McGuire universe. I want to be Gordy, right? That was his name? Yeah. His name Gordo. 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 Gordy? Gordy would no, be Gordo is Buffy's feminine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gordy. So maybe it's, maybe they're both Mr. Gordo. Mr. Gordo. Yeah, maybe they're both Gordo. Gordo. I don't know. They might be. Hey, Marco Gordo. Uh, we'll check on that. Question. Anyhow, did yeah. the band ever get those uniforms? Oh no 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 no! That's the problem well, I mean, with they red tape. They made they made money off the candy, right? Yeah, yeah but that money never sold. saw the band. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Usually, what that money goes towards is whining and dining rich folk that the school can ask for bigger donations from. And something's got to pay for that fundraising. So yeah. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunately yeah. the reality of the situation yeah. we live in. Our school system's so broken. It is. Um, question. So I found this interesting because they were like, Trick is talking about how he seeks Ethan down because Ethan has a reputation to get results. But Ethan is regularly defeated. Ethan spread that. Mm-hmm. Ethan mm-hmm. spread that information. You think so? Ethan goes around and goes, I think that Ethan Rain's really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his chaos spells. Yeah, yeah. And so, but then maybe Trick knows, it's almost like they don't need the town of Sunnydale to be in chaos. Mayor doesn't need that forever. He just needs it temporarily. Yeah. So they go to the extent of, in order to get babies out of the hospital, the mayor needs his vampire sidekick to have a chaos man make chocolate bars that turn parents into kids. I love it. It's insane. I do. I no no no. I feel like Ethan Rain has kind of like a like a pitch book. Um, so it's kind of like he when he goes around every time he can get someone to listen. He's like, here I have a few pitches. For yeah. You. One of them is like, okay, so this Halloween, it's gonna be like looks like a normal costume store, right? But, but when you put on the costumes, everyone turns into the costumes they're wearing. Yeah. Things get kind of crazy. That's what and it is. And then it was like another one. He's like, all right, guys. So everyone loves chocolate, right? <laughs> but 
hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, what if this chocolate turns adults into their teenage selves? Yeah, exactly. Ethan, Everything gets kind of crazy because it's like, it's like this one affects the teenagers. Yeah. This one affects uh, the adults. He probably has one that affects like the elderly. Right, right. Like, All right. Uh, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Old people really like Jello, right? Let's give them Jello, and the Jello is going to turn them into. Uh, uh, I don't know. Rats. Babies. Maybe the babies. jello turned them into babies. And we that sacrificed the babies. Idea. Maybe that was one of his ideas. <sighs> and they were like, no, 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 that's okay, too much, yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. Jello no, no, was a company. We, we don't really want to go. Yeah, a lot of them can't eat gelatinous material. Yeah. yeah. So then Jane just back pocketed that. they're not hungry that day. Right, right. Predictable with their appetite. A lot of variables. It's great. It is, again, it's meta again because it's like Ethan Rain is kind of like that writer that is like pitching these ideas yeah. and it's like, okay, so this is me, this character is me and this is me yeah. uh, playing out this idea. Trick and, this, and, yeah. and Ethan were at yeah. a convention at a comfort inn and then, yeah. yeah, and Ethan was, now that I have your ear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of spread that idea. Yeah, but Great. He did a, it's a temporary yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool too that whether this, I mean, Ethan, that Ethan is such a Giles as we get to meet more sides of Giles and we actually get to see Ripper, it's cool that it's in an Ethan episode because yeah. the idea is that Ethan brings out Ripper in yeah. Giles. Yes. And in this episode, he actually brings out Ripper. Yeah. Yes. I do believe And that. he is the man. Yeah, yeah. Ripper is nuts. Oh, man. Yeah, he, like, great. disarms a cop who's, like, a child cop as well. Oh, yeah, he is a child cop because, you see, he's got the chocolate in his... Yeah. Yeah. He broke through that window. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was so... Yeah. Him and Joyce. Joyce like... reminds me of um, uh, Marnie's mom in uh, Back to the Future. Okay. Like, it's kind of a similar thing, right? Where, like, Marty's mom is like, we would never do that. And then you go back in time and you find that Marty's mom was all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Joyce, Joyce is weird because I feel like Joyce definitely, like, she just, uh, I don't know if Joyce necessarily misbehaved at all. I think she just obviously was one of those people that, like, really wanted to be cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like Joyce still kind of just, like, really wants to impress people. Yeah. And so I feel like teenage Joyce just, like, that was 100 But she doesn't want to seem like she wants to impress no. people. That's but how she comes no, off no, no, so no. cool. Yeah, you don't want to, if you want to impress people, you don't uh, come off like you want to impress people. You try and come off as being super cool. Yeah. Uh, this has been a whole hour-long list of laundry list of Holland's so advice. I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. God, yeah. Um, this is unrelated, but a thing that I wanted to bring up. So Cordelia, and I was thinking about this because I always thought that this was a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably not. It's an but opinion. No when, no, when Cordelia was like, uh, I heard there's like the secret rule. If a teacher doesn't show up 10 minutes into a class, we can leave. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember in high school, like if we had subs, like if no one showed up, people would be like, all right, like once it gets to a certain amount of time, we're allowed to leave. And like kids would always say that. And I was like, is that true? And like so many people said it that I always just believed it to be true. And there was actually one time where a sub just like didn't show up to class so we just kind of like left and it was small high school so we just wandered around the small high school so mm-hmm. nothing crazy did you feel real happened. badass when you left though uh, no cause it's not even like we could like leave campus you threw we like a lighter like, behind you and flames we were just enough. like in the school that was small uh, so it really wasn't that mm-hmm. exciting but that's not is that that's not a real rule I think is it? it's like a student no. urban myth yeah yeah it's not yeah. a rule but it's crazy that that was so because they were talking about it and I was like oh yeah I thought about that too because now I want to like ask my sister who's in high school now and be like do people still say that because I feel like that's just something that's just mm-hmm. spread was that a thing that you guys we yeah. would say it but it would never happen oh we always we had like a little space in hall A that we would just if the teacher didn't show up after like a little bit like when the clocks changed at least one of the teachers would forget mm-hmm. uh, usually first period is when it would you know kick into effect obviously mm-hmm. so if the teacher wasn't there we just kind of went and chilled out there and read comics yeah that's awesome yeah one time in <laughs> you're saying the clocks thing is real. I'm gonna try to say this really quickly but I just thought of it it's really insane so I was part of a writing class with this guy named Mr. White, who was a very strange individual. We've seen Reservoir Dogs. Okay. <laughs> and so we did a propaganda experiment amongst the school. He would uh-huh. talk about propaganda, where our conspiracy theory was that we're supposed to get five minutes between every class. It seemed like we were only getting three minutes. Ooh. So what we did was we started, we did one first spread that just said, watch the clocks. Uh-huh. We didn't explain anything about it. And then we would slowly like start to introduce <laughs> what we believed. And then the idea was like, like your freedom was being taken away. And we did the, I did this one that had the it was the Joker with a leash on a dog that had Batman's head on it. 
And it was an explanation of like, at first, they just took away one minute, but slowly and slowly, that dog's leash gets smaller and smaller until the dog doesn't realize that it never had like a free space to roam around at all. Anyway, I don't know why, but just you saying clocks and thinking about being able to leave and this time between class. It was just a thing. <laughs> and that is our bell, which means it is time for us to hop into our extracurricular activity. We are going to make up something on the spot inspired by this episode. We don't know what it is yet, but we are going to perform it. It could be a commercial. It could be a jingle. It could be anything. So, Holland, what are we doing this week? Uh, I want to do, I kind of want to do, uh, I want like an SAT question, like a ridiculous SAT question. That's one of those things where you have to like, like a word association, almost like a balderdash thing where you have to use context clues to find out what something means. Okay. Just like make up a word. So I'll give you guys um, a SAT quiz. Yeah. How about that? Take the SATs. All right. All right, everyone, sit down, sit down. <sighs> Bell is wrong, which means sit down. All right, got to quickly read these instructions. Uh, number two pencil, blah, blah, blah. All right, you guys don't have to take an SAT. Can I, can I use the bathroom? No, not I, until you're done. And if you what? want to finish now, you can fail, sure. Is it that it like five hours? <laughs> yeah, it is. So, honey, hold it. Oh, God. Uh, excuse okay. me. Uh, yeah, is the first question on the test, why do I have to take this crap? No, it's an oral exam. I'll be reading out the questions, only I know them. So how about you try, chut, chut, your trap? Yeah, I'll chut my trap. Don't make chut fun of me. Chut up! Neither of you make fun of me. I am a moderator of this SAT. We're going to be stuck together for five hours. So let's get started on these questions, okay? I really have to pee, though. Well, hold it. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I'm going to read the question out loud. This version of SAT, you guys give me the answer, okay? All right. All right. Crumb is to bread as blank is to patriotism. Mel Gibson? Is that your answer? Uh, it's multiple choice. No, this is an oral exam. Oh, God. Uh, um, Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore was correct. Yeah. You both get the point. As long as one of you gets it, you both get the point. Wait, is this how the SATs are supposed to work? This feels like, like No, a it's not how the SATs are supposed something. to work. What's supposed to work is that you guys are supposed to sit. I'm supposed to be able to watch all of my reruns of Gilmore Girls, but no, unfortunately, they changed it this year. So unfortunately, I'm not allowed to wear headphones. No. I just, I don't understand how, if he's getting the points, am I not getting any points? No, we're all getting the points, darling. Why does she get my points? I earned that point. It's a group thing. A group SAT, but that doesn't seem to make sense. Question number two. Oh, God. Which of these two phrases would the authors agree on? Writing is fun. I am hungry. Which of, was it? I just picked one of them. I am hungry. What's your answer? Uh, is, is this an opinion question? I don't understand. I swear to God, this. please just answer this. But this isn't, uh, I, uh, since we're not writing, I'm going to say I'm, uh, I'm hungry. That one, I'm hungry. You're correct. Yes. Okay. You both Ooh. get the point. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, let's speed this up. I get okay. paid $7 an hour. Oof. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Why do you, Ooh. wouldn't you want to slow it down then? How would you do this? Well, uh, oh, please don't slow it down though. Um, but That's I'm a sorry. good point, but I'm no, going to move, sorry. let's move okay. fast. I think that's right. under the minimum wage. It, yeah, very much so. It's 25 Thank you for reminding me. It. Yeah, it is. Technically this is volunteering, but I get a stipend. All right. Last question of this round. Round? Yeah. Okay. We got five hours of this. I'm sure this is the SATs. Fill in the blank. Upon walking through the forest, I gazed upon the moon. Its beams hit the blank, and I carried on without song in my heart. Snow. His answer snow. What's yours? Tree? This is a double or nothing round. Double or nothing? So, <laughs> this is a double or nothing round, so hopefully one of you are correct. Oh, my God. All right, you ready for this? Snow tree was the answer. You both get oh, double yeah. points. Oh, yeah. thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. So do we pass the SAT? Yeah, why not? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my parents are going to disown me. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. You want to go so pee? Yes, please. Go. Okay, thank you. And that's our bell. <laughs> um, that character was inspired by an actual prompter I had during the SATs. Oh. who, when it was counting down, it was uh, we were doing a physics SAT. It was mm. SAT 2. 
And he's like, all right, is everyone done? And this one girl's like, no, we have 17 more minutes to go. No, 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 sorry. We have three more minutes to go. I want to check over my work. And he's like, ugh, fine. And then it was quiet, and he went, all right, you guys have two minutes, 57, 56, 55. I'm just kidding. 53, 52. Nah, I'm just kidding. And he counted down every second until we were done. And the girl nearly lost her mind. Yowzas. That yeah. was, uh, my character was also based off of when I went to go take my SATs. And you had to pee before? I really had to pee. And it was like, we were just, a, we were just about to start, but we had already like started that like beginning essay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, excuse me, can I go to the bathroom? And they were like, no, you have to wait. Yeah. And it's like the essay portion. is like, It's like a long, yeah. like, you had to wait until you got like, I don't know how the breaks were done. There was like a break in, in the middle mm-hmm. that you would get to eat snacks. So it's like, I effed up and like, I hadn't, I didn't eat breakfast. Um, and I also really had to pee and it's like a five hour test, but you only get a break like two, I think it's like two hours in. Yeah. And so she literally would not let me leave. And I just got up and left. I was like, she was like, oh, this is going to be valid. I was like, I don't, I have to pee. So, and I just left and then I came back. Uh, And then she was just cool about it. It it ended up being fine. But then also like my stomach started growling a couple hours later and didn't have a snack. Um, and I just, I don't like tests and really bad testing. Yeah, I don't like tests Um, either. Yeah, I hate tests. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of episode six of season three, Band Candy. We got through a lot. Mostly yeah. we talked about all a lot. of my baggage. Your baggage, my baggage about the Nazis. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I threw some bags on the mix. <laughs> it was a full carousel. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a great episode, and we're excited to talk about a few more Jane Espenson episodes coming up down the line in the season, because there are some, some great, great ones. ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we will be back next week to chat. But until then, Chris, where can they find you? Hi, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me as Amontioc on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can find me with a musical improv group called Robot Teammate and the Accidental Party at Robot Teammate. Or on Ant Fantastic on YouTube or in Los Angeles with a sing-along crew that are called Hamiltoons, which has events coming up. But I don't know if people can go to them because they're sold out. But <laughs> I still want to mention it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. How about you, Holland? Uh, my name is Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas, Facebook Holland Farkas, Instagram is Farkland. Um, and I do various things on the internet. Keep tuned for whatever it is I do next. I don't, I don't know. It's a surprise. <laughs> Whoa, that's it's exciting. It's a mystery. <laughs> Uh, I'm Omar. You can also find me at youtube.com slash two broke geeks. Uh, I want to do more film stuff on that. But anyway, that's the thought film for me stuff. to have later. Actually, yeah. I was I was going to talk to you about um, chat. Let's, can we make stuff? Oh, well, I was talking to Chris about something earlier about uh, a film. I feel like I haven't like made, like I've made stuff, like I've made stuff with companies, but I haven't made stuff like on my own, own yeah, for a while. Yeah, let's do it. Because it's like I went from doing Geek and Sundry stuff and doing like Rocket Jump stuff, and it's like I've done stuff, but it's like I've done stuff for, for others. bigger yeah. stuff. Do you want to, uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bother you about maybe helping with our feature. Ooh, hey guys, look at this! Look, so. look at this! Look at Networking. this insight you're getting. This is how you network, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you start a podcast with people that yeah. you eventually down the line want to make a movie with, and then you do. And then we'll reference this episode, and then people will be like, "Hey, I remember oh, that time yeah. that on that podcast in a documentary, you were talking yeah. about this <laughs> in a documentary yeah. that we make off of based on, on the, our on the big Wow Con yeah. panel that will be on in San Jose." Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> You can always hit me up on Twitter at Omar Najam. Uh, also, I have an improv team, Swimming Lessons, and Hooray. we perform once a month at UCB Inner Sanctum. Uh, so we have a show that we host. If you have an improv team in Los Angeles area, hit us up at Lesson Swimming on Twitter, or just check out at Lesson Swimming because we perform all over the place every weekend. So just at other people's stuff, and it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and you can also find out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast on Twitter. Again, it's at SSG Podcast. Or if you prefer to live your life through Facebook, facebook.com slash Sunnydale Study Group. Or if you want to see our shining faces and a ton of Chris's amazing memes that he makes on a daily basis. Meme scene. A daily basis, guys. Check out Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram. So we'll be back next week with a super emotional episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like a, it's like... You get stabbed right through the body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next one. Body stab. <laughs> Big old body stab. So we will be taking some time to talk about that, and uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great discussion. So thanks again for joining us. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. See you next week.
I get jokes. Uh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, let me put the, um, can you pass me the sock? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the sock. The sock hop? There we go. This is going to sound really weird. Oh, this probably sounds really strange. But we got to put on our mic sock. Got to be safe. Got to be safe. <laughs> Holland and I think it's funny. Chris is shaking his head, disapproving. I think it's funny as well. I just expressed that in a different. <laughs> cool. We're good to go. 